Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, Pod Club listeners. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to take a moment to address the United States Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade on June 24th. That decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also very easily lead to the loss of other rights. I know that we all feel a little helpless right now, but I'm encouraging you to learn more about what you can do to help right now at podvoices.help. Speak up, take care, and please spread the word. I hate looking at my own podcast because then I see some of my nasty one-star reviews from people who tell me that my voice sounds like I gargle with rocks and smoke a pack of Marlboros a day. And I wish, <laughs> I wish that I smoked a pack of Marlboros a day, but I don't. Oh, uh, I once had a review that said, um, it was a podcast that I was doing with another woman. So of course, some people are, when they hear two women on, on a podcast, all they're going to hear is like screeching. And the review just said, hens be pecking. <laughs> Hens be pecking. Hens be pecking. It's a podcast about podcasts about podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Pod Club. Today is a really big treat because we get to talk to one of my favorite and best podcast pals, Bridget Todd. She's the host of the absolutely incredible, amazing badass show there are no girls on the internet and she's been in the podcast game even longer than i have which makes us the golden girls and as i've been working on podcast after podcast and the audio industry has evolved faster than i can keep up with she has been just a valuable presence and a good human being to be able to call when i want to lose my mind and say what the hell am i doing why am i making more podcasts does the world need more podcasts 
The world does need more podcasts, my friend. It needs more good podcasts. And Bridget knows that because she's been through it all. She knows what to pay attention to. She knows what to care about, how to sort through all of the bullshit. And most importantly, she knows how to make a good goddamn podcast. This episode gets really deep into making a podcast, like getting on the mic and the mindfuck of listening to yourself and tailoring yourself to an audience. But Bridget also has really good show recommendations that I had never heard of before. And I think you're going to love this conversation and every single show Bridget recommends. Hi, Bridget. I'm so excited to see you today. I've been dying to have you on the pod club because I feel like you're going to have some really good podcast recommendations for our listeners. Ooh, I hope I can live up to that. I know. I've just set the bar really high. So uh, I want to introduce There Are No Girls on the Internet to our audience because I think it's completely different than any other technology podcast that's out there. And you once said to me that you wanted it to be a technology podcast as if a technology podcast were hosted by Lizzo. (laughs) That's right. That was sort of what I had in mind when I was conceptualizing it. Like, how do we make a technology podcast that feels fun and exciting and inclusive and, you know, not just a slog about white guys talking about, you know, crypto. Like, I really wanted it to feel like something that people would be excited about. And so, yeah, Lizzo, if a tech podcast was hosted by Lizzo, that was my kind of my North Star for this project. Right. And you totally did it. You've also been making podcasts since 2008, which is a long, long time to be making podcasts. What have you learned from being one of the grandparents of the podcast movement? I have learned that podcasting is a space that is really evolving. When I first got involved in podcasting, I just sort of found my way in as a podcast super fan, like just a a real lover of audio and podcasting. And back then, in two, you know, in the early 2000s, it just felt like a space that was made up of weirdos and goofballs mm. and people who were just like trying things out because they were passionate about it and because they wanted to play with it. And so what really attracted me to the space was that nobody really knew what they were doing, right? Like at that point, people who were podcasting had only been doing it for a few years. And so it wasn't like it had this long institution of, you know, a a rule book or something that you had to follow. And so it felt very much like we were all kind of building the plane as we flew it. And I think these days I've seen the industry change and really gotten more, you know, professionalized. Like it's more traditional now. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I guess the thing I've learned is that it is evolving. Like when I was first getting into podcasts back in 2008, I would have never in a million years thought that, you know, it would be the kind of thing where there were lots of ad budgets, you know, dedicated to podcasting or that celebrities would have podcasts. Like I would never have imagined where the industry would go. So it's ever evolving, ever changing. Ever evolving, ever changing. And you've navigated it since 2008. You've navigated it really well. There Are No Girls on the Internet is one of my favorite podcasts. And I have to ask you, before we get into your podcast recommendations, do you have a favorite episode of yours? Ooh, what a good question. I did an episode in my first season that I always come back to with this woman, Shafika Hudson. And her story is so fascinating to me because I think it really crystallizes what I want the show to be about. Shafika was just a regular Black feminist woman, you know, not any kind of like professional social media person. She was a Twitter super user, and she kind of uncovered this 
coordinated attempt to impersonate Black feminists on Twitter. Shafika Hudson, freelancer, cat lady, sometimes activist. Shafika had been using Twitter regularly since almost its very beginning, where she spent most of her time online connecting with other Black feminists. In 2014, while job searching, she noticed a hashtag that just did not make sense. End Father's Day. The people pushing the End Father's Day hashtag on Twitter appeared to be Black feminists. They talked about how we should abolish Father's Day because too many Black men date outside of their race, or because Black men don't support their children. Stuff that just seemed really out there. I must have had like 10 different tabs open because I was also like doing a job search and just going about my life. And it some one tweet caught my attention because it was so completely off the wall. And I don't know who retweeted it or like how it even arrived in my timeline, but it wasn't anything that any Black feminist anywhere would say. It was like, what was it? Oh gosh, yeah. And Father's Day, uh, I wish these white women would stop stealing our men. Something just completely off the wall that had nothing to do with anything. (laughs) And the avatar was someone who I didn't recognize. So flash forward to the 2016 election when, you know, Senate inquiries confirmed that that same kind of meddling where specifically people would pretend to be Black people on social media, that would go on to, you know, be a tactic that people who are interested in meddling in our elections would use. It would be a tactic that we saw in 2020 around the, you know, racial justice uprisings after the murder of George Floyd. And if only people had listened to Shafika when she uncovered this kind of unwittingly way back when. And so I think that episode is one of my favorites because I think it highlights something that is really missing from the conversation around the internet and technology, which is that Oftentimes it is women, it is people of color, it is queer folks, it is marginalized people who are really doing a lot of the work of making our platforms safer and better, but they're not often, you know, listened to or supported or amplified. And sometimes they're actively punished for doing that work. Yeah, I totally agree. I hadn't heard that story before. And I think it's just one example of the case where you're really amplifying someone's voice and someone's story that is not being told nearly enough in the mainstream media. So yesterday, you and I were talking about how we didn't really have a podcast voice when we started making podcasts many, many years ago. And you told me that you thought that you you sounded a little bit like Black Girl Ira Glass. <laughs> yep. And that was the impression that I was doing. And I think that I sound a little like white girl, if Ira Glass and Terry Gross had a baby, and that baby took a bunch of pixie sticks. Because <laughs> it takes a while to get your podcast voice. We don't all come out of the womb sounding like Terry and Ira. Although everyone that guest hosts on This American Life totally sounds like Ira. Oh, absolutely. It's so, And I love Ira Glass, but it is like a, a cadence that he'll do that I catch myself doing where it'll be like, you know, the thing about podcasts is like it's like mm-hmm, a, it's like a mm-hmm. kind of halting way of speaking that I do think it kind of invites listeners to ponder things a little bit more. Mm. Like it's like I can tell when he's putting on his this thing is insightful speech style. So I definitely catch myself doing it still. Still, still. So I want to do something really weird. Are you ready for something really weird? I am. Okay. 
Hold on. I have to go on my phone and on my podcast and I have to look up my own podcast. I'm so excited to see what this is going to be. This little treat that I'm giving you is I'm going to play the very first episode of Committed and see my podcast voice, which was my first podcast. I haven't listened to this yet. So maybe this will be maybe it'll be amazing, but I think it's probably not. So let's listen. In 2017, I wrote this book called How to Be Married. To research it, I traveled around the world with my brand new husband. We interviewed hundreds of men and women about exactly that. How do you be married? How do you make this marriage thing work? I'm Joe Piazza. This is Committed. Okay, okay, it's not the worst. Okay, so I played you what I think is my sad version of my first audio. It's not sad. It's just, it's not, it doesn't sound like how I think I sound in the real world. I want to hear yours. I want to hear your black girl, Ira Glass. Oh my God. It's, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. So a little bit of backstory for this. My first ever like real podcast job where I was on the mic was an iHeart podcast called Stuff Mom Never Told You, where I became co-host with, with my uh, good friend, Emily Aries. We were taking over for two other co-hosts, um, Kristen and Caroline. Shout out to them. They're fantastic. They have a podcast called um, Unladylike, which is fantastic. But I was, oh my gosh, like I was so anxious about taking over someone else's podcast, especially a podcast that had this like huge audience that was very committed to their hosts. And when I go back and listen to this show, it's like I can hear myself turning myself down. It was like I, I, it was like I showed up on the microphone thinking that if I was too much of myself, it would be not accepted. And so when I listen to this, it's like I can hear myself being like, like completely dialed down. So I'll, I'll play a little bit of it. Play it. Yeah, I have to hear it. And I know that I wouldn't, I, I'm so honored to have you, Bridget, in this with me. I could not imagine doing this with anyone else. You're too kind. You're too kind. And Bridget, we go way back. We go way back. Right? Like lawn chairs. Right. Oh, uh, I can't even listen I to it, you guys. <laughs> oh, no, you have to. You have to. No, you don't it's, have a choice. It's like painful. I, okay, so talk about like doing my Ira Glass voice. So you're hearing me talk now. When I play this, listen to how different my voice sounds. I, I sound mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I am so hyper aware of how I am speaking and how I'm coming off. Um, yeah, I'm just your average um, activist, writer, content creator, mm. gal about town. And like you, Bridget, I Ugh. started off. I can't believe I used the phrase gal about town. <laughs> you did use the phrase gal about town, but, but you also said we go way back like lawn chairs. What does that mean? I think I was just like trying to be funny. I think I, I remember being so in my head. And then also just the idea that the previous hosts were like, white women and I really was hyper aware that mm. their audience was mostly white women and so I was very much like yeah. I have to be the most palatable version of myself so that I will be able to be accepted by this you know audience of white ladies when I listen to this clip I can tell that I'm trying to be like funny but not too funny self-deprecating but also confident like I can hear myself walking this tightrope and it sounds painful to me I think you sound great, but I also think you your voice sounds smaller than it is yeah. today. And I I hear you. I that must have been a lot mentally to be like, all right, I'm filling in for these hosts that not only have an audience that is all white ladies, but that have been have been successful at this. That people are used to them, that they like them, and now I'm filling in their shoes. It must have been a lot for you. 
It was. And, you know, they're fantastic. And they're also very good at podcasting. And so this was my first real job as a podcaster, filling in for people who had been doing it for years. And, you know, there was definitely some bumps along the way. Like most of the listenership was great, but I remember getting some pretty harsh feedback. Like one time somebody sent us an email that said, the podcast is called Stuff Mom Never Told You, not Stuff Your Black Mom Never Told You. And it was essentially went on to say that like I was focusing too much on like black issues and that wasn't the point of the podcast. And I think that I'm really lucky that I was doing a podcast with someone who was a supportive friend and ally, someone who really was intentional about stepping up and shutting down comments that were just really rooted in, you know, inequity, I guess I'll say. Um, so I'm, I was really lucky that I was making the podcast with such a supportive group of people who helped me navigate that. But it was really hard. And I, I remember really feeling a lot of tension and a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear that kept me from finding my voice. And when I went out on my own and, and, you know, launched my own show, There Are No Girls on the Internet, getting to hear my own voice controlled by nobody but me was so thrilling. Mm -hmm. I feel like I sound so clear and so confident. I sound like a version of me that is so focused on what I'm doing because it feels and sounds so right to me. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I want to hear, I want to hear everything that you think that I should be listening to right now, because I feel like you're about to blow my ears the hell up. So a podcast that I love is Our Nature by Alyssa Benjamin. She lives in, I believe, Brooklyn. But Our Nature is about all of the ways that people can connect with nature, specifically in urban environments. And so I'm, I live in Washington, D.C., like on a very busy street. I have a park nearby, but, you know, I live in the middle of the city. And I love nature. Nothing makes me feel more grounded than connecting to nature. But living in the city, like, we don't even really have any kind of framework for what that looks like. And so our nature is about all the different ways that people can connect with nature in urban environments or just wherever they're at. I really got into it at a time when I was incredibly stressed. It was 2020 and COVID was really in the thick of it. I mean, I I don't know if y'all remember what 2020 was like. I feel like it's easy to block it out. But it was a day where I would wake up every single morning with a tightness in my chest and a knot in my belly from all that was going on, whether it was, you know, racial justice protests, Trump saying something awful. You know, I live in D.C., so it was like an incredibly tense time here in D.C. And our nature, like when I tell you that that podcast really got me through that time in my life, I am not exaggerating one bit. Like it reminded me that connecting with the things that ground you is important and it's an intention and it's a practice. And I can't recommend it enough. Thinking about, you know, this idea of like, our bodies are made of the elements around us, you know, they're also within us. And one of the ways that I think people can have a really profound connection to the earth and to the natural world is through breath. And as someone who holds their breath all the time, and I bet if people listening start to pay some attention to it, you might discover you're also holding your breath it's, you know, that kind of like tension and sort of that constriction in the chest and and not breathing as deeply. So do you have any tips for someone like myself or others who are looking to have a closer relationship to their breath? More awareness. I'm always thinking about breathing deep into my belly. So start to be aware without judging and incorporate into that awareness. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm noticing shallow breaths. Okay. Let me breathe into my belly. I also noticed belly breaths have gotten easier and easier and easier. That chest breathing that you were mentioning is where most people go to. I notice this a lot when I teach, take a deep breath into your belly and people breathe up into their chest. And then I'll say, put your hand on your belly and breathe into your hand. All right. Well, I'm going to hit you with another one. Bring it. So unfortunately, this is a podcast that is no longer making episodes, but I can't recommend it enough. Flash forward. It is a podcast about the future. And 
when you talk about the future, it's often very negative, right? I understand why people feel that way, that like technology is going to create this like terrible future that none of us should look forward to. But Rose's podcast asks, well, what questions do we need to ask to be prepared for the future? And why does the future have to be so negative? So it's a tech podcast, but it's also a podcast about futurism. It's also a podcast about the possibility of technology. She has an episode where it, it still blows my mind every time I think about it. It is a, an interview with her and an AI chatbot version of herself. And so she has outfitted an AI speaking tool based on her podcasts and writing. And she is interviewing this AI version of herself. When I say this shit blew my mind, I was like, oh my God, who, 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 who does this? Like, how did you come up with this idea? <laughs> it spoke to me. This episode, we're starting in the year now because we're actually already in the future. And I'm not actually Rose. I'm a Vocaloid copy she made of herself. Hi there, real Rose here. How nice of you to join us. Did you get the show started? I did indeed. How much do you get paid for this? It seems easy. <laughs> not enough, trust me. Do you want to do the next bit too? Okay, sure. So today we're talking about the idea of digital clones, avatars that replicate someone's voice, and identity to help them in a variety of ways. Real Rose can ask me to make annoying phone calls to Verizon. Verizon. It's pronounced Verizon. Don't interrupt. Real Rose can ask me to make annoying phone calls to Verizon. Or place orders. And in the future, my body as it exists is a 3D scanned replica of hers. Where doctors can test out drugs and see how they might work before actually asking real, biological Rose to take them. And, of course, we can also have a bit of fun. Does that cover it? Yeah, I'd say so. I'll take it from here, okay? Have a good episode. Thanks. I'm scrolling through flash forward episodes right now, and these are insane. These, yes. Oh my gosh. She did three episodes on robots. One of them is, would you date a robot? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't get her mind. I don't get how she comes up with this stuff. We're all living in 2022. Rose is living in like 30, 35. Like she is just like God. on another level with, with how her mind works. God, this podcast is awesome. I'm going to listen to a bunch of these tonight. This is great. They're so good. Your recommendations are so good. Do you have more? Because we can keep going. Oh, I can, this is a topic that I love. So there's a podcast called Being Seen. It's all about sort of what it feels like when you feel seen, right? And so my podcast is a podcast where I am a Black queer woman and I make content for other people who are traditionally marginalized. But I feel like sometimes when podcasts are meant to be about explorations of Black identity, they can be very like heavy or always sort of like rooted in trauma. And so I love that being seen as a podcast that it, it comes from a framework of grounding it in positivity. So what does it mean to be seen? And everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to feel like they show up as a full person who everybody can see and understand on some level. And so I think being seen as a podcast that I feel like, I think it comes at the issue at a starting place in, you know, something that's powerful and liberatory and not just like traumatic. Oh, I really love that. I really do. Because when there's podcasts about subjects that we're supposed to categorize as difficult or hard subjects, they can often be difficult or hard podcasts to listen to instead of beautiful storytelling podcasts that make you feel something and make you feel good even, right? Absolutely. I think that you just put it so well. Like, I feel that particularly for women, people of color, queer folks, 
we deserve beautiful storytelling. Yeah. I guess like, when, I, when I first got into podcasting, I really felt like it seemed that beautiful storytelling was reserved for This American Life or, you know, your sort of like legacy shows. And we also deserve beautiful, thoughtful, authentic storytelling that highlights and packages and tells our stories with the beauty that they deserve, right? And so I love podcasts that I feel that do that for us because I think it's not a given that we're going to get that. Like, I think we have to demand that and make those shows ourselves and make that be the standard. I've never seen two Black people in love like that, that were beautiful like that, that were brown like that. I actually think that this is one of the most important pieces that I've ever read that helps to explain um, what it's like to be a Black man in America. I loved my father. I loved my partner. I loved myself. And this is what it is to love radically. Black men loving Black men is, as the deceased Black gay writer Joseph Bean opined in the 1980s, a revolutionary act because every moment a Black man is transgressive enough to love what he has been socialized to hate, he commits an act of insurgency. That is a revolution that I bring inside myself and with all the people I call home. That radical love can be romantic, but it can also be the love of brothers, friends. When your emotions have been weaponized against you, when society has punished you for all the ways you dare show that you feel, Caring for another Black man is a rebellion. It is an act of resistance, and it is a revolution that needs a fight of all Black men in order to be won. I think that audio really can be this powerful way of writing historical and cultural wrongs that have gone on for too long. I agree, I agree, and I think that you know, mostly we're seeing women do that, but there are some men. There are some men that are that are out there helping right these historical wrongs. I completely agree with you. That fits so nicely into the work that I do, my own podcast. But why do you think that is? What do you think is going on there? I think it has to do with the fact that women as a group and also queer people and minorities, we are the ones who have been the victims of these cultural wrongs. And now that there is a space to add our voices and our storytelling, that we feel it's incumbent on us to try to change the record a little bit. And for the most part, and this is a generalization, but I think it's true, white men personally have nothing to gain from correcting the record. White, straight, cis men. And I also feel that, like, nobody understands culture better than people who are intentionally excluded from that culture. Totally. Because we've been watching it, right? We're watching it, not living it. Exactly. Like, that is why we make such good, honest, authentic writers of cultural wrongs. And re really, we do the work of writing ourselves back into these places mm -hmm. where we have been excluded. And I think that's, that's always been our work as marginalized people. 100%. And I think that you do that work so incredibly well on there are no girls on the internet. You're telling the story of tech through marginalized voices, which is something that the podcasting world needed and still needs. And I hope that you, I hope you are one of the people that keeps making episodes forever. 
that's it. That's all we've got for today's pod club. Bridget just inspires me. She makes me feel like I could climb a mountain or run a marathon or make another six dozen podcasts. She does. She is a national treasure. And to keep you inspired, here's a reminder of the podcast that she recommended. Our Nature, Flash Forward, and Being Seen. And of course, of course, of course, go listen to Bridget's show, There Are No Girls on the Internet. And if you were charmed by mine and Bridget's early radio voices, go listen to some vintage episodes of Stuff Mom Never Told You and Committed. You won't regret that. I regret it, but you won't. Thanks for listening. Be good. See you next week. The Pod Club is hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our executive producers are me again and Emily Marinoff. Our producers are Mary Dew and Darby Masters. Our associate producer is Lauren Phillip. Our theme and additional music was composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. And special thanks to Nikki Etor, who is just a wonderful human being who I like to thank at the end of episodes. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.